This is Inside City Hall, the official podcast of the City of Oregon City. I am Communications Manager Jared Lyman, and joining me today, I'm very happy to have our Mayor, Denise McGriff. Thank you, Jared. So May is National Historic Preservation Month, and that's something that's kind of important to Oregon City because heritage is kind of our deal, I would say, right? Absolutely. And it's also your deal. You're one of the biggest supporters and proponents of preserving Oregon City's heritage. Even before uh, you were mayor, this is something that's been a passion of yours. Absolutely, yes. There are many people here in Oregon City, so I can't take all the credit because we work together, that support Oregon City in terms of its history. Now, many of you know that Oregon City is the oldest incorporated city west of the Missouri River. We were here before many others. Now, of course, we're not as old as Plymouth Rock or Mount Vernon or things of that sort. But in terms of West Coast history, we are the real OC. <laughs> and we basically set the tone for what was going to happen in this area from time from that time on. Now, let's backtrack a little bit. So many of our listeners know that Oregon City was settled by Native peoples for millennia back before Oregon City was even a twinkle in anybody's eye. So we want to pay homage to them, to our Native friends, to basically say, yes, we know you were here first. But Oregon City got discovered as an Eden, so to speak, and the rest becomes history. But 1844 is our, is our touchstone. That's when Oregon City was incorporated on December 24th. So one of the things I always like saying about Oregon City is we're a city of firsts. We were the first city, first the location of the first long-distance power generation. Yes, from Oregon City to Portland. Yes, for some they're always taking stuff from us. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> um, the first newspaper west of the Rockies. Yes, the Oregon Spectator. Yep, and I'm sure I'm missing a few others here. Well, we have uh, one of the, the first and a few municipal elevators. We um, had the first coinage here so it wasn't real legal tender but we had the beaver coin if any of you have ever seen that we created the first money uh let's see what else there's i'm sure there's other things that i'm that i'm thinking of that we were the first of but oregon city is the first city and that's kind of why we have a festival named after that because we are the first city but one of the things we have to remember about history and for the listeners that know me uh, my undergraduate degree is in history and one of the things that i respect about history is that we need to learn from our history in order to preserve and move forward to our future. So if we don't kind of see what we've done and try to fix things that we made mistakes on, we can't move forward. But Oregon City has progressed over time. As many of you know, we started out with a lot of industry. We had Holly Pulp and Paper, and then we had Publisher's Paper, and then it became uh, Jefferson Smurfette. And then it became the Blue Heron Mill, and now it is called Tumwata Village. We have the same across the river. Crown Zellerback was a big mover and shaker making paper. Now we have Willamette Paper. They still make paper. And that was the foundation and the roots of this community in industry. We have a different sort of industry today, more tourist-related, more retail, more restaurants, and those sort of things. But we still have a lot of industry here that ground us and keep us in that sort of past, but not wallowing in our past. <laughs> Probably one of the things that I find exciting about history is that there's always something new to learn. Um, I came to Oregon City originally in 1973 as a visitor, uh, went to the elevator. That was the first place that I got to go. And you know, the elevator is one of the most uh, sought after attractions 
in Oregon City, when people come, they always want to go to the municipal elevator. We ground ourselves in our history in Oregon City, but we're not tethered down by the history. We respect the history, but we also know that we need to move forward. I think the thing that Oregon City brings to the table is that we have authentic history here. So we have not moved houses and put them in a little village and said, oh, this is what Oregon City used to be like. You can still walk down the streets of Oregon City and see the houses that the people lived in. You can see how they have been taken care of, how they've been preserved. But let me be careful about saying preserve. The houses still need to be lived in. They need to be taken care of, but we don't want to root it into so much so that we don't allow for people to do things in them so that they can actually live in the 20th century. So I myself have uh, the exterior of my house is, is very original, but the interior I've done some remodeling. I've done some rehabilitation, which is different from remodeling. And then I've done a little bit of a combination of, of both. So I've tried to bring back many of the elements in my own home that reflect the period that the house was built in. And I think a lot of people feel that way. And again, it's that authenticity in Oregon City that makes it so real to people. So you can, again, walk through the neighborhoods and see the real deal. You're not seeing something that's been made up or fabricated. Now, let me just give a little history here. So in 1966, a group of very much like-minded people petitioned Congress to pass the National Historic Preservation Act. And that sort of got the ball rolling. And what I want people to understand is that history has evolved from preserving, you know, dead presidents' houses <laughs> to basically preserving and supporting the places that we feel are important. And when I say we, I'm talking about as a nation. So, for instance, places like Bears Ears, while there are no structures there, is very sacred to the Native people. Uh, we have our homes here in Oregon City, you know, let's just say the Babcock House for one. Now, Mr. Babcock was a mover and shaker in Oregon City, but you can still walk by his house and see pretty much looks the same way as when he was here and when he built it. So again, it's those places that mean things to us. Um, many of you attended the uh, 100th birthday of the Oregon City Westland Bridge or the Arch Bridge. We like to call it Oregon City Westland Bridge. In Westland, they call it the Westland Oregon <laughs> City Bridge. Just depends which direction, direction you're facing. You're but the Arch Bridge is an architectural and also engineering feat. It has stood the test of time for 100 years, and we celebrated that this last year in October, and it was probably very, very exciting. I think people had not been on the bridge without cars for many, many years. And so we gave people an opportunity to really experience what it was like when it was built in 1922. So those are the types of things that the architectural and engineering marvels in our community we want to preserve and keep. The other thing that we want to do is look at places that maybe don't have structures. So we know that there are places in Oregon City that are very sacred to many different types of people, including the Native Americans. And we wanna be able to look at those um, and save those so that other people can experience the same thing. You, one of the things you brought up was authenticity. So I'm glad you said that because that's something that I think really resonates with a lot of people because there are other quote unquote historic destinations where maybe that authenticity is lost. And it, it's kind of been overrun by just some silly consumerism just to be a tourist trap. And Oregon City has really maintained its connection to its authentic self. 
And I think that's something that's probably partially due in part to the Historic Review Board and the efforts of people such as yourself to ensure that that history is continues to be honored, not almost characterized, I guess like we could yes, say. Yes, I would say so. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think that there were some people in our community, and many of them are still around, in the 1980s that realized that we had a gym that could easily be lost. We had a lot of demolition and removals in the 70s when uh, the neighborhoods needed more housing, and so things were, I would say, indiscriminately removed. Um, we don't have to go back there and repeat that, but I think we had people on the city commission at the time. I, I want to name people like Ron Tom and Eddie mm -hmm. Alec and Don Anderson, who basically saw the value. They grew up here. They knew this town, and they but they didn't take it for granted. They saw the treasures that were here that should be available for everyone to experience. So again, it's where that authenticity comes in. So I've been to Williamsburg, and I thoroughly enjoyed my visit there, but it was a fake town. Yeah, it's, It was a reproduction of what they think it might have looked like, and I could sense that through there, even though they have people in period clothing and they're doing activities from that period, it still wasn't really authentic to me, and I think that's what kind of bothered me about it. It was, It's a representation, and I couldn't say for a fact that, wow, these are the timbers, and I couldn't go touch it and say, oh, this is where so-and-so had lived. But you can't quite do that here, but you can see the authentic part of our town. And the different groups that came here over time in Oregon City, you can tell that by the different architecture. So it's really interesting when people wander through the neighborhood and they see the buildings uh, and they see the monuments that have been left and they see things like the Mountain View Cemetery, which, were, which was dedicated to the public by William L. Holmes or they see um, the public library square that was dedicated by Dr. McLaughlin. I mean, these things are still here, and people can actually see and touch and feel them. One of the amazing things is, I mean, the, the craftsmanship of these historic homes. I mean, if, if we're honest, something that was built today is not going to be around here in 150-some-odd years. I mean, let's just, let's just admit it. But when I was going around a, a town last week, I was looking for blooming cherry trees to take pictures um, and, you know, just noticing the neighborhoods and how many of these homes I would have never guessed were actually part of that historic period. If it weren't for the sign that tells you that's how much they've held up over the, over time. And I think that's something that's really special about this town is because, you know, when people think history and heritage, they think, you know, Oh, here's a, you know, rotting pile of lumber that used to be a home. These things are lived in and they're stunningly beautiful still. That, I mean, that's got to be something that's unique in itself. And you, as somebody who lives in one of those homes, there's got to be a sense of pride with that too, I'd imagine. Yes. Um, I think it's a, it's a matter of pride and it's also a matter of stewardship. I think many of my neighbors feel that we are just temporary caretakers of these properties. And our goal is to leave them in a little bit better shape than when we found them and to pass them on. Because, again, it is part of Oregon City's legacy. And while I will say this for our listeners, is that owning an older house is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> and I will say that from experience. Um, I've watched enough HGTV <laughs> to know that there's some issues that can arise. And it's like, whenever you expect to do something, expect to do three other things before you get to that thing that you're going to do. But it is rewarding. Um, one of the things I'm working on right now myself is um, putting the fireplace back in my house as it was when it was built. And I am so fortunate 
to have an authentic picture from oh, wow. that error that shows what it looked like. Now, I'm saving money because this is not going to be cheap. It's going to have to be handcrafted by someone from the picture. But I did a uh, pay-as-you-go on my house. So I lived in it while I was working on it. I don't always recommend that, especially <laughs> if you have a baby. That's not really yeah, the right. way to go. But you figure out how you tape off your rooms and you seal them so that your child isn't inher- in- inhaling any sort of lead-based dust. And I was fortunate I did not have a lot of lead paint in my house, so that was not a problem. But it is it is a passion, and you kind of get the bug and then you want to see how you can peel the onion. And I will tell you that it is definitely peeling an onion until you've taken off 15 layers of wallpaper. You don't appreciate <laughs> the craftsmanship. I've got like work. an extra six inches in every room now. <laughs> and that was about it. Because it was like, wow, I wonder why this wall feels weird when you push onto it. Well, I didn't know there were that many layers of wallpaper on a wall or two. But again, it's, it's the stewardship. It's passing it on. And I will say for the houses that do have the white plaques, that is not a requirement. That's a voluntary program that I'm actually involved in that group that paints those. But um, we do like the ones that do have them because people can walk through the neighborhood and they can see things. But we also have a walking tour uh, map of the older part of Oregon City that people can pick up. Uh, Economic Development was uh, generous to reprint that. And it's available at many of our museums. But we have, you know, so for instance, the McLaughlin House. We have a legacy that that property was moved. Um, It was moved in 1909 because a group of like-minded citizens said, we can't have the city fathers, and I'm saying this correctly because there were city fathers back then, they were going to tear it down. It was downtown at 3rd and Main next to the mill that McLaughlin built, and it had fallen into disrepair, and it really was, you know, it it looked like it was a teardown. But these people got together money and they preserve, They had it moved up Singer Hill. So any of you go there, you can hear about the story about the one horse, <laughs> one horse move of the McLaughlin House took months. But here it is today. You know, eighteen forty six. It's not as grandiose as the house he built over at Fort Vancouver, but it is a McLaughlin House. So we have that legacy that we can be proud of. And Dr. McLaughlin, not only is he the founding father of Oregon City, but he was way ahead of his time with diversity, equity, and inclusion. So I'll throw that into <laughs> There you <the> go. <laughs> so let's let's go this route then, because as you said, you know, living and in, in maintaining one of those homes is not for the faint of heart. I know um, I probably could not pull that off. So props to you for that. But for somebody who obviously can't, you know, do that, but they are interested in helping to maintain and preserve Oregon City's heritage, what is a way that somebody, just your average resident, can kind of assist with that, especially during May Historic Preservation Month? Well, I think, first of all, getting to know your city would be helpful. Um, getting to understand sort of our history and our background, all the things that are good and all the things that are not so good. So I won't say that Oregon City's history is 100% blemish-free. We all have our warts. And I think that's part of the story that we need to tell, is we need to tell all aspects of of our history. I think that um, there are a number of of historic preservation groups, and they probably wouldn't call themselves preservation groups, but there are a number of groups in Oregon City and the county that are managing and helping to take care of some of these older homes. For instance, Baker Cabin out in Carver, uh, that goes way back, even a little bit before Oregon City, because Horace Baker built out there. But there are groups like that that just need volunteers. Um, Go on a tour. Visit the houses. Um, 
walk around the neighborhood, see what you can see. And that's, I think 90% of it is just knowledge and learning about the town that you live in. And I know so many people on the tours that I give um, at some of the houses is that I haven't been here since I was in the fourth grade. <laughs> well, this is your town. Yeah. Embrace it. Get to know it. The history of Oregon City is very fascinating, and uh, it, des- it deserves to be appreciated. Well, the history can never die as long as there's at least one person there to share it. Absolutely. So I think that, that getting to know your city, that's a really great point. Um, our museums. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a big part of it. We've got some yes. fantastic museums here. I think, you know, for a city of our size to have the museums that we do, that's pretty special right there. Yes, the Museum of the Oregon Territory has got a lot of artifacts from the history of Clackamas County, not just Oregon City, but all over. Uh, we have the uh, Ermitinger House, which is owned by the city of Oregon City. Uh, that is going back to our Fort Vancouver, uh, Hudson's Bay Company uh, uh, era. We have the um, Holmes House on Holmes Lane, which dates from the territorial time. And then we have a number of private homes that are not museums, but date from our territory. We are, one of the things I like to brag about to my preservation colleagues is that we have six pre-territorial homes in our city that were here before Oregon became a state that are still standing, not all on their original location, but they are still here. And that is, that's, that's pretty unique. That's, that's pretty again, darn that's cool. Like, yeah. That's like a first thing, too. Well, like one of the things I also like to point out at the Ermitinger House, I mean, that, that's got a connection to Portland yes. that not a lot of people know. Yes. So I, I would love it if you shared that story for the people oh, the, who don't. The coin toss? Yes. Well, it's too bad that my colleague, uh, Rocky Smith, isn't here. So basically, uh, we had two merchants from the Portland area, and for some reason, they were out here in Oregon City, so... We had Mr. Lovejoy, and of course, this is going to be terrible. Now I'm not going to remember the other guy's name. So one of them was from Boston, and the other one was from Portland, Maine. And they said, well, we need to have a name for this town. It was called Stump Town. Portland didn't really have a name yet, but it was basically a town of stumps, and I can pictures all over. (laughs) So the famous coin toss happened at the Ermitinger House. And so we could have been Boston, Oregon, if (laughs) if we had lost that. But he, he didn't lose, so we became Portland, Oregon, which, of course, gets confused with Portland, Maine all the time. So Portland got to be that. So another little juicy fun fact about Portland is that Portland was incorporated in 1850. So we were incorporated in 1844. So guess where Portland had to come to file their plat for their city? That's right. Oregon City. And you can see that. <laughs> In the Museum of the Oregon Territory. Yes, as well as the plat of San Francisco. Exactly. Also Ours. platted in 1850. That's right. They Because um, we were the only, only location county, of a federal... County seat. Exactly. We were, the, we were the seat of federal, state, and county government back in 1850. For like pretty much the entire West Coast, right? Pretty much everything west of the Missouri River. Yeah. So that's a pretty darn large territory to be responsible for. Can, can you imagine people, I compla- can't. Can, people complaining about the drive to Salem? Imagine having to, like, you know, be in Sacramento, come all the way up here before they, there was cars or trains. They did not like that, I assure you. Yeah, that, so, that would have been kind of a bummer. The fact is at least once a year, the county surveyor's office gets a request from the city of San Francisco that they would like to have the original plat back. Well, you cannot get the original plat back because it is a legal document filed. They can get all the copies they want, and you too can go to the surveyor's office and get a copy of the plat of San Francisco if you so choose. It's I forget how much it costs, but it's like 18 by 24, and it's very fascinating when you look at it. You see how it looked originally. 
We also have there uh, a copy of the plat of the city of Oregon City, which its original uh, town site pretty much looks exactly the way it looks today. So I live in Block 52 of the original plat of Oregon City filed by Dr. McLaughlin and surveyed by Sidney Moss. I often wonder, look, looking back, I mean, I mean, Oregon City, we've got our, our, our hills, you know, the, the three, three levels. levels yeah. And it's like, wow, that's got to be tough. But then you look at San Francisco and all the hills there. What person said, huh, look at these hills. I had to build a city there. Or <laughs> other things. Right? I mean, just like it, 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 yes. it, it blows the mind. So anyway, I digress. I'm sorry. That's all right. So I, I would be remiss if I didn't go into this. Again, a city, a city of first, a city with great heritage. You're now part of that as the city's first person of color as a mayor for this yes. town. For somebody who loves this community so much and loves the history and, and really literally lives that history, I can't imagine the pride you must feel in now being just such an integral part of that history. It is extremely humbling. And uh, I am aware from a friend that there is a book coming out uh, in August about uh, the trial of Jacob Vanderpool, who owned an establishment in downtown and then was the first and only person to be uh, run out of Oregon City under the Exclusion Act that we had in our Constitution. And apparently what my friend tells me, I haven't seen it yet because the book has not been published, she says that the author has mentioned me in the book. Wow. And I'm just completely blown away by that. And it's remarking on the fact that Oregon City has moved forward over the years and they have elected a person of color, not only as a city councilor, but as the mayor. And I want to do everything I can to make sure that I am aptly and ably and responsibly representing our community. And um, as you're aware, I have been over the last few weeks Talking about tolling, which has nothing to do with historic <laughs> preservation, but I want to make sure that... That'll be a whole other podcast. That'll be another podcast. So that's... It's it's just very humbling. I You don't ever know how something that you do, which seems very minor, is going to end up being something fairly significant. So I'm, I'm very humbled uh, to and honored to, to be this. I didn't ever imagine I would be the first of anything, but <laughs> I guess I am now. Well, I mean, you are part of the, the city's heritage now, definitely. So is somebody who is looking to kind of figure out how would I celebrate, how would I mark Historic Preservation Month in Oregon City, what would you advise them to do? I would go visit one of our city treasures, take a walk on the promenade, which is now on the National Register of Historic Places, take a ride in the elevator, which is now on the National Register of Historic Places, Go to the Carnegie Library, which is also on the National <laughs> I'm Register noticing a trend. of Historic Places. Uh, celebrate by visiting one of the museums. Uh, talk to your family about history. Uh, there's so many people that who live here who have history themselves. Their families are from here or they immigrated here. Try to learn about Oregon City as much as you can. I think that will help and uh, enjoy the, the wonderful heritage that we have here. And let's look to the future about how we can help improve our heritage, celebrate it, have people come and visit, uh, tell them our story, and just be proud that we're from Oregon City. Fantastic advice. 
Denise, thank you for uh, coming on the podcast today. I know you've got a busy schedule, so I appreciate you clearing some time out for that. Thank you so much for having me, Jared, and thank you to everybody out there, and happy National Historic Preservation Month. We will be reading a proclamation at the City Commission meeting on May the 3rd, celebrating that month. And thank you to our Historic Review Board members, past and present, and our staff, Christina Robertson-Gardner. And with that, have a great day. You've been listening to Inside City Hall. Thank you.